Hello, this is Mark Brown. At the end of the Rough Sleeping Initiative funded Psychologically Informed Environments Conference 2019, we've heard a lot about homelessness, we've heard a lot about mental health, we've heard a lot about substance and drug misuse, and we've heard a lot about how we're doing the wrong things. Um, I'm here with Rachel Fletcher from Basingstoke and Deanborough Capital. And what I wanted to ask you, kind of reflecting on the day today, in in your capacity as someone closer to commissioning than you are necessarily to frontline services and stuff, how does this all this psychologically informed environment stuff, like, what kind of sense does it make to you? Okay, so I think for me... The big question we always get asked as commissioners is around how do you measure, how do you monitor a contract in a psychologically informed way without really stamping out some of the um, the, the positive um, outcomes that you're seeing? And how do you, how do you capture them, really? So that's, a, that's, a, that's one of the big questions we were asked today, but also that we've been thinking about for a while. And I think something that runs through all of it and how we've linked commissioning with PI is it has to come from a point of learning so everything is about learning and reflection and if you keep that the core of what you're doing and and remember that when you're designing the spec together when you're working on okay there's been a serious incident what can we learn from it instead of reprimanding looking at right how do we how do we punish how do we withdraw contracts how do we you know start thinking about recommissioning because something's going wrong it's, it's what can we learn from it what are, where are the values where are people coming from what drives people so that was mm. talked about earlier um, so really building in that scope for learning and reflection throughout but that's difficult isn't it um, Nick Maguire was talking about Campbell's Law which is, which is basically whatever you try and measure yes. ultimately will change the thing you're trying to measure perversely usually yep. um, you're, you, you're, you're the commissioner you have the money how do you make sure that you don't ruin the thing that you're trying to create? Yes, it's yeah, it's a really it's a really really tricky one. I think we um, what we try to do is a really recently we commissioned a um, a small we called it a community pie. We're trying to do a community pie, um, and it small amount of money but we wanted to start somewhere and we all came, we started from a point where we had no answer so as the commissioner you normally come with an idea of what you wanted and then um, you put the spec out and everyone puts a bid in. Um, we were saying, right, actually, these are the frameworks around the money. This is what the money, the very, very bare bones of what it has to satisfy the funding pot. Um, This is what it has to look like, but very, very um, broad. And then we said, come together, whoever wants to be involved, local businesses involved, people with lived experience, everybody and anybody um, that had a a view or had a, a vested interest in this would welcomed in to design this specification. So really, so we were all accountable for that, um, and, and, own, and owned as a community that this this service almost. Um, so when we were looking at the when we were looking at how we monitor that and how we make sure the money's going in the right places, we try to con- well. Sorry, let me take take it back a couple of steps. We were looking at um, what the we the specification was about two pages long. Now I've seen some specs that are about that are hundreds of pages long because you want to get it so right it's really detailed you know exactly what you want to measure this one was really broad because what we wanted to look at was the we wanted the people to come to the service and then say right my outcome actually is that I want to get into playing the guitar and for them that would be a great outcome and there would be loads of outcomes that came out came out from that either that day two three years time but that was something we wanted to capture that in a spec but how do you capture that in a spec when you haven't necessarily met the clients yet so you don't know what their outcomes or you don't know what their goals are going to be so we had to 
devise this document that was really broad, but also then something that you could pin some bids to. You know, you had to advertise it and get some get some providers in. So um, it was around values. We kept it to the values. We kept it to the what did what where, where were the gaps? What did people want to see? What were the what were the red lines? What you know where where was the the baseline that we wanted to make sure there was um, so. Sort of for example, positive KPIs, if you can get such things, but, you know, looking at there must be access to to reflective practice from a trained clinical psychologist or at least once a week in the service, which felt like, yes, that is a measurable tick, mm. but there was like a positive one. So trying and, try and look at how we can positively enforce some of the outcomes and use the data, use outputs, but not use them as a necessary measure for, of success, but as a measure of learning, how you know, to inform learning. I don't know if that answers your question very well. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's ultimately a really complicated question. Isn't it? and yeah. it's, it's the challenge when anyone says we want to make services mm-hmm. that are person-centred, um, all services are person-centred, it's just whether they're good for the person yes. or not. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when you talk about, well, we don't know what the outcomes will be because we don't know what people will want, uh-huh. And that usually, um, that often in the past has kind of stalled the commissioning of things. It's one of the perennial frustrations for smaller organisations yeah. is coming to commissions and going, well, actually, we know what we want to do, but we know that we can't promise you that that will deliver you this thing. Yeah. We can promise you that something's going to happen. happen. Yeah, absolutely. And we sort of said, you know, we, we, we had the traditional implementation period when someone won the bid and, and they, they came to us saying, you know, oh, we haven't got the numbers yet, we haven't, we're not seeing the people come through. And we said, absolutely, that is not what we're worrying about here. You know, if you get no people turn up for the first six weeks and then you get somebody interested and they look in the window and say, actually, next week I think I'll come along, that's, that's where we want to be. So, But it's just how you we get that and we, we're happy to... Um, you know, comfort them and say, you know, stop, stop panicking about that and do what you need to do. Let's use evidence to inform what we're doing. But then it's the, you know, your wider sector people, maybe people that didn't necessarily win the bid. So, you know, are they, they're looking on and they're understanding where they fit into that and well, what, how do we measure the success? Um, how do we make sure public, we've got really, um, really limited public resource. How do we make sure that's going to the right place um, and that you're taking, you know, you, so you are taking a risk. But I think by doing that really early days investment in the community work, we all were a part of that. We all had a bit of a say in what happened there. So let's all be accountable, even if you weren't the ones that won that money. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the, the big thing for us around the commissioning um, and the pie and how, how do you actually pie, if I, that's not a word, but <laughs> the commissioning process in itself. So, if, you know, not only commission a pie service, but how can you make the service not re-traumatizing for the for the providers for the small providers the ones that um you know i've just come out of a bidding round and as in writing a bid and it's you know everything gets paused you then you you're then head you know head down into this and you think well hang on how can we how do you go from a place of partnership and relationships devising this spec together and then you move from a place of power you know we then sit behind the desk you have then present to us tell us all your ideas and we'll mark you and decide if you get the money that feels like a really unpsychologically informed way approach to things and that's probably the next step in looking at what procurement is and how do we how do we bend some of those you know those really traditional procurement ways and we we that there was a lot of learning we we took from that recent one because um it did feel quite tricky at times you know to to maintain some of those relationships that you've built which we've heard today is with pies all about your relationships when money's involved can there really be a true equal relationship and do, does everybody this is about respect and it's about trust and you, you know everyone's trying to do the right thing but are we all 
I don't know, money, it, money, money gets in the way of things sometimes, doesn't it? Even though it can be a really great thing, but it also felt it was quite, it was quite a tr- tricky power struggle, I think. So interestingly, <laughs> listening, listening to you there, um, one of the things that I've heard today at this conference is that part of the psychologically informed environment stuff is is metacognition, is thinking about thinking, mm. is, is examining what you're thinking and then thinking about why you're thinking that and then what that means. And it's been interesting listening to a commissioner who, who evidently has picked up those those habits very, very much, your, your reflection. Um, for someone in another organisation in another part of the country, like if you had to give them three quick pointers yep. towards ways of moving towards more psychologically informed commissioning or services around homelessness or about anything else, like what would your three quick pointers be? Okay. Top one, I would say, and I guess every organisation will be set up differently, but get to know your procurement team. They're the experts in the law. Obviously, procurement is the, the legal the legislation is there for a reason, but they'll know where you can flex it. They'll know where you can bend it. They'll know where you can uh, be a bit creative around what you what you can and can't do. And we've been so fortunate in our base second dean to have some a procurement team that just you know they they get homelessness they get what we're trying to do they ask why first we were at the event yesterday we talked about um always ask always start with why why we what we trying to achieve why are we trying to achieve that um and then let's try and flex the processes around that rather than having the processes shape what we're trying to do um so that would be yeah really get to know build those relationships with your procurement team because they can feel like a bit of an add-on at times um and they just do the, the the stuff behind the scenes, but actually they're really really important to it. Um, probably the other thing is where we talk about co-creation, and we looked at this specification and looked at um, designing services, shaping services. We've done it in the past a few times ago, and, and actually brought people in when we already knew what we or we thought we knew what we wanted. That's not co-creation. That's we've already. That's a you know really that's a bit of feedback. You know a bit of a really. Um, rubbish form of consultation maybe but you know don't go in with ideas that can you know you might have to have some really some ground rules or some some basic um pointers that you have to meet but try and try not to almost don't start the thinking until you've come together because Mm. or start the thinking but then be open for that to change and um which is tricky but get people around coalition of the willing get people around as soon as you can um and build time in for that um, because it's, it does all take time. Probably the third one, I would say, just don't end, don't underestimate the power of a cup of tea. So get to get out, get out of the council, get out of your local authority, get out of the offices, go to a local coffee shop, something, you know, and, and meet people, talk to people. Um, and it doesn't have to. And you know, we're all really focused on right. What's the what are the actions from this meeting? Where where are we going from this meeting? Um, actually getting to know them on a personal level can really will help later on down the line when you've got to make a really tough commission decision or a really you know you're, you're trying to unpick a really difficult bid you've got that personal connection there build on that so it's not a waste of time and I think that's been a real different way of thinking around what a local authority officer is um you know it's it, you've it's public money obviously you're, you're accountable to the public purse but that is a really good investment of that money yeah Brilliant. Now, just to finish that, I am now busting for a cup of tea, so thank you very much. That (laughs) was brilliant.